0: Hey, I just wanna say thank you for checking out this message today. I hope that it helps you, that it encourages you, and that you are able to learn a little bit more about who God is and why so many people throughout history have chosen to become followers of Jesus. If you enjoy this message and you wanna hear more, you can find us on Facebook, or YouTube, but ultimately you can find everything you need to know at clcwinnipeg.ca. There you can find more messages, you can find our social handles, ways to get connected to our church, and if you would like to give to this ministry, you can do that as well. And like I said before, I hope that you are encouraged by the message you're about to hear. God bless you. Well, hello everybody and welcome to Christian Life Church Online and Merry Christmas to all of you. We are uh, just a couple of weeks away from Christmas and we hope that you are doing well. And we are just so glad that you've taken time to join with us today for our uh, online service. We are taking a break from our cover to cover series where we're going through the entire Bible. And we're talking about the gift exchange this Christmas. That's our theme at Christian Life Church. And today I wanna talk to you about the gift of the good news. And um, I'm reading today from Luke chapter 2, 9 to 18. It says, An angel of the Lord appeared to them, to shepherds, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you, and he is the Messiah the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. And then suddenly a great company of of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that that has, uh, that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. This passage, any way you slice it, is good news. It's about the good news. And I want to kind of delve in today when we talk about the good news. We're talking about the gospel. The good news is that Jesus came as a babe in a manger. And he came to die for our sins and to provide us a way of salvation. We're saved through believing in Jesus Christ and committing our lives to him. And the Gospel here is about the Saviour being born, about Jesus coming, the one who came to save us from our sins. And there are some challenges that when we hear the Gospel, there are some challenges that that are placed upon us and, and the Gospel always demands a response. Today we're going to be looking at what some of those responses may be the first one is that we may respond to the gospel and find that it's actually frightening now when we look at uh, Luke chapter 2 verse 8 to 9 it's really clear that there was fear involved here it said that they were terrified when the angel of the Lord came and visited them the glory of the Lord struck fear into their hearts and it's true that the message of the gospel may in in fact strike fear in the hearts of people when we're confronted with the reality of sin the wages of sin the penalty of sin it's a serious thing and if we're not ready to to meet the lord and we're confronted with the gospel it can be frightening to realize that that death does happen, that after death, according to the Word of God, comes a judgment, and after death comes an eternity. And the Gospel really shows us that if we want to spend eternity in heaven, we need to come to Jesus. And that's a frightening message if you're not following Jesus, if you're looking at an eternity apart from Christ. The Gospel affirms this, and it is, it can be, a frightening message. And we carry that message with us. The Bible says, uh, but thanks be to God, who always leads us as captives in Christ's triumphal procession, and uses us to spread the aroma of the knowledge of him everywhere. For we are to God the pleasing aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. To the one, we are an aroma that brings death, and to the other, an aroma that brings life. See, the gospel is a life-giving message to some, and yet to others, it's a stern warning. And so in that sense, um, there can be fear, fear of not being ready to meet the Lord, fear of death, fear of judgment, fear of eternity. And it doesn't have to be that way. We're going to look more at um, at what the gospel can do. Another response that we might have, secondly, is we might actually find relief through the gospel of Jesus Christ. See, the angel of the Lord said, don't be afraid. (laughs) Don't be afraid. And continue to proclaim the good news that the Messiah had come. When we hear good news, it's always a relief. You know what it's like when, when you've lost someone, uh, you've been looking for them, and it's good news when you find out that they've been found and that they're safe. And, and so this is good news. The good news is that Jesus, the Messiah, the Savior had come. The good news is that through Jesus Christ we have salvation. We have a relationship with God. And there's a relief to know that Jesus has come to save us from our sins. That's a relief. Another thing that uh, may be a response to the gospel is it may result in worship. When we look at, at verse um, 13 and 14, and this great news came, they, they celebrated. It said that the angels in heaven rejoiced at the good news. Now, How do you respond to the good news of the gospel? And how we respond may actually reveal how we feel about it. I've been thinking about this. Does the gospel excite you? Does the good news excite you? Does the good news um, bring joy to you? Does the good news, does the gospel cause you to to bow before the king and, and worship him? You know, if the gospel is something that is just, you're just kind of bored, you're complacent, you're ambivalent to it, you're unmoved, I would say that you might consider that you may be in a place where you really need to be experiencing a personal revival, a renewed passion for Jesus, a renewed passion for people that don't know Christ, a renewed passion to to tell others the good news, a hunger to be, to be filled with the Spirit, to be empowered by the Holy Spirit, to be refreshed by the Holy Spirit. See, the news of the gospel, when it came, inspired worship. And I pray that wherever you are listening, that you're, as you are reminded of the gospel today, as you are reminded that Jesus came to die for you, that he came to give you eternal life, that he came to wash away your sins and forgive you, I pray that the good news will cause you to worship and to say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for all that you've done. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving me. I'm so grateful. There's nothing better that you can receive in this life than the promise and hope of eternal life. A new car won't do it, a new house won't do it, a bigger paycheck won't do it, a vacation won't do it, a vacation home won't do it. There's nothing greater than receiving the gospel of Jesus Christ, receiving Christ as our Savior, knowing that our sins are forgiven and that we have the promise of eternal life. No wonder the angels in heaven rejoiced. Here's another response we may have to the gospel. It sets us on a new path. It does. It sets us on a new path. When we look at verse 15 and 16, we see that the shepherds hurried off to go and see this Jesus that had been born. You know, I, was, I, I am really blessed. I'm really blessed. I, I was raised in a home where um, we love Jesus. I would say it was a Christian home. My parents both loved the Lord. And I remember at 10 years old, I won't go into the circumstances surrounding it, but I remember at 10 years old surrendering my life to Christ. And it hasn't always been easy to serve the Lord. There's been all kinds of ups and downs. It hasn't spared, you know, me from trials and troubles and disappointments along the way. That's That's life. The difference is we get to do life with Jesus. We all get to do life, but we can do it alone or we can do it with Jesus. And and I've had the wonderful privilege of doing life with Jesus. And I would say that at 10 years old, it set me on a new path, on a lifelong journey, on a lifelong pursuit for more of God. And I think it's a really different journey than I would have had if I had not given my heart to Christ. I have an idea where that journey might have taken me, but it would have taken me far from God. You know, it was Blaise Pascal that that said, There is a God-shaped vacuum in the heart of each man, which cannot be satisfied by any created thing, but only by God the Creator, made known through Jesus Christ. That's a really good saying, and, it, and it's stuck, you know, it is stuck. And I remember hearing about this, you know, uh, decades ago, this God-shaped vacuum, and, and, and I remember the first time I ever heard this this quote. The person went to uh, explain that in this God-shaped vacuum that only God fits. We, we try to jam all kinds of other stuff in there to fulfill us, to, to give us a sense of purpose. Uh, a sense of meaning, a sense of, of fulfillment. But it never fits, and it never really works, and, and that's why you see people all the time trying things and, and sometimes going deeper and deeper and deeper into sin because what they thought was going to fix that void did not fix it. So you've got to cram something else in it. And you know what the answer is? The answer has always been Jesus Christ. He is the only one that can fill that void in your life. And so the Gospel sets us on this new path of pursuing Jesus Christ. And in pursuing Jesus Christ, we find hope and we find fulfillment. We find purpose. We find a reason to live. And we're not looking at all the external things of life to fulfill us, because we've already got that fulfillment in our hearts in in knowing Jesus Christ. And so it sets us on a lifelong process of pursuing Jesus and wanting more of Him. Another response to the Gospel and this is the last one that I want to talk about today is is it literally changes our lives. When they saw Jesus they spread the word and it says in the Bible that this word amazed all those who heard the message. You see the Gospel has the power to transform lives. The gospel has the power to to change lives, to change people. It has the power to change a a community, a city, a nation. The gospel has the power to change. The the culture that we live in today is is maybe compelling you to to say, well, I'm just going to live my my faith out quietly. I'm going to be kind of secretive about it. I don't want to I don't want to offend anybody or be rejected or, or rock the boat or, or get attacked or get canceled. But that's not the right response. See, we're not called to get saved and then just shut up. It's a matter that we get saved and we spread the good news. And that's ultimately what happened here in, in the very beginning when Jesus was born. People heard about it. They discovered Jesus and they went out and told everybody they knew about this Jesus that had come. I pray, I pray that this Christmas season we are pretty forthright with people about what Christmas is about and, and that Jesus came and that Jesus came to, to give you purpose and Jesus came to give you hope and Jesus came to forgive your sins and and to give you the promise of eternal life in heaven. You know, we've, we have been inundated with, with talk about viruses for the last oh, 18, 19 months. It just seems like it never stops. You know, we, we, we hear that uh, you can catch the virus from the air. We can breathe on each other and, and spread the virus. and. For a while there, we were all washing our groceries when we came home from the store and washing our hands, you know, like 50 times a day to keep from spreading the virus. We've been told not to get too close to people. I remember at the beginning of this pandemic walking down a grocery aisle and, and somebody almost, you know, jumped over the next aisle because I got too close to them just freaked out, afraid. Perhaps we can learn something from that. We know a virus spreads easy. We know a virus can get caught easily. But what we may learn from this is that we need to get close. And we need to let the gospel of Jesus Christ infect everything that we touch. We need to let the the gospel of Jesus Christ get into the air that we breathe, the breath that we breathe. We need to have the gospel of Jesus Christ contagious in our lives. We need to be the kind of people that are carriers of the gospel. See, the Apostle Paul became a carrier of the gospel. Before he was Paul, he was known as Saul and he was a pretty busy guy persecuting the church and dragging Christians off to prison. And he encountered Christ. He encountered him on the Damascus road. And he was saved. And he was transformed by the gospel. And the direction of his life completely reversed. He went from persecuting the church to preaching Christ. I want to thank you for joining with us today. As we shared this uh, message on the good news, I think there's some practical things that we can take from it. And I'm thinking of, of, of this one in particular, that when we think of the good news of Jesus Christ, I hope and pray that it sparks a hunger in your heart for more of the Lord this Christmas season. I pray that you experience some personal revival and renewal in your heart as you Think about all that Jesus has done in your own life. And that revival should spread to other people as well. There is something about somebody who has really been infected with the gospel of Jesus Christ that should make our faith contagious. And should make us want other people to experience Christ in the same way that we have. And I think that boils down to revival. We need to experience revival. We need revival in our country. We need revival in our church, every church. We need revival. And then it brings us to a place where we think of restoration. The good news in this story of the gospel of Jesus Christ is that he restored relationship between man and God. That's what Jesus came to do. The other thing that Jesus came to do was restore lives, broken lives. It says that he took up our infirmities and our sorrows and all of the things that break our hearts. Jesus came to restore us. And maybe today you're thinking of Christmas and you're You're realizing there's all kinds of stuff in my life that are broken and I need the restoration of the Lord. The gospel of Jesus Christ brings restoration. Here's something else. We see the the shepherds hearing the good news and more or less dropping everything and going out to tell other people the good news. Going to see Jesus and then spreading what they saw to other people, that and it, and it amazed them. And that is a reorganization of our priorities in life and what we're doing each day. And I have come to realize over the years that that which I invest my time in is that which I'm gonna get really good at. The things I study, the things I learn, the things I put my hands to, That becomes what we get good at. And so in reorganizing our lives, maybe we need to maybe reorganize our time to spend it with Jesus. To reorganize our our priorities so that we would be people that share Jesus and the hope that we have. That we would pursue Jesus more than anything else. We get 168 hours a week. You think of the breakdown of a week, you, you spend probably 40 hours in the week working. You might spend five hours a week commuting, 10 hours a week eating, uh, 56 hours a week sleeping. And then you got all these, you know, 50 or so other hours. And, and it's pretty easy to, to spend in the course of a week, five, six hours a, a day on the internet, watching TV, uh, just wasting time. When we think about reorganizing, we can take those flex hours and say, I'm going to pursue Jesus. I'm going to be praying for the lost. I'm going to be praying and worshiping and coming to God. Revive, restore, and reorganize. I think we can do that as we think of the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we want to say thank you for joining us today. Thank you for joining CLC. And we pray you have a happy and a Merry Christmas.